Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I am Jack Luke and today I'm joined by beloved colleague Matthew Luffridge, who is reporting straight from the heart of the Southwest's gravel scene in the Forest of Dean, where he has been secretly, until very recently, testing a spicy new bike. Matthew, what have you been up to? I have my hot little hands on the all-new Canyon Grizzle, which is a sort of burlier, rowdier, slightly more adventure-oriented gravel bike, uh, a counterpart to the Grail, which launched a few years ago and was made most famous by its rather extraordinary double-decker handlebar that looks like there's a biplane on the front of the bike. Um, the Grizzle basically takes the Grail, does away with the handlebar, adds really big tyre clearances. It's designed to take up to a 50mm tyre, both front and rear, and it ships with 45s. And it's got mounts to take extra bottle, uh, top tube mount, uh, top tube bag, sorry. Um, and there's dedicated bike packing luggage to go with it. And very importantly, it has mudguard mounts. You know, we love mudguard mounts at Bike Radar. Although, side note, proprietary mudguards only, but better than nothing. And all in all, a very appealing bike. Um, and I have written a full and very detailed review of it, which you can read on bikeradar.com. But we're going to talk through some of the detail of the bike so that you get a fresh insider perspective on it. So just to go to the kind of, for those that are au fait with Canyon's range, you very briefly mentioned it, but how does the bike 
compared to the Grail, which, yes, it had its absolutely wacky double-decker handlebars. But, you know, in the kind of most practical sense, how do the two compare? So Canyon has very much decided, and or rather maybe acknowledged is a better word, that gravel is not one thing. It's a kind of spectrum that ranges all the way from bikes that are essentially road bikes, or maybe road bikes with big tyres. I'd call them road adjacent, still trying to make that term happen, all the way up to things that are almost mountain bikes, but usually with drop bars. And so where the Grail sat on the kind of 50-50 road and trail end of things uh, and came with 40mm tyres, but was meant to be still reasonably quick on tarmac, the Grizzle is kind of further towards the rough gravel end of the spectrum. Um and is kind of aimed at riders who are anticipating spending more time actually not on tarmac. So that might mean riding kind of forestry trails and stuff or the kind of very lightest end of mountain bike stuff as well. So like actual single track and things. Although, and we'll probably say this several times, it's not a mountain bike. And claiming it's a mountain bike really, really annoys people. I think we've learned that about gravel bikes. It's definitely not. It's still got geometry in terms of angles that's quite like a road bike but it's much longer overall than a road bike uh, and also obviously it has no suspension it doesn't have a dropper post although it will take a dropper post so it's still in the mold of a versatile gravel bike with drop bars yeah and it kind of you you mentioned it has no suspension but certainly the bike you tested and others in the range feature a form of rear end compliance through canyon's much loved vlcs or vcls uh, VCLS, which I, I think unfortunately actually stands for that classic um, cliche of bike reviews, which is vertical compliance, lateral stiffness. But essentially it's it's a two-part seat post um, where the two parts can move independently, the front and rear of the post, and it off and it acts kind of like a leaf spring. So you're sitting on a leaf spring, and that means it adds loads and loads of squish. Uh, which is great and it actually works really well. I'd never actually ridden a Canyon with that post before because I've previously tested both the cheaper Carbon Grail and the cheaper Aluminium Grail, both of which came with the more standard style seat post. But the more expensive models of both the Grail and the Grizzle get the VCLS post. And I can confirm, genuinely works. It's actually worth having. And added to that on the Grizzle, the uh, the seat clamp is situated 110 mil below the top of the seat tube, which means that even if you don't have a huge amount of seat post on show, depending on your fit, obviously, there's still quite a lot of post able to flex back and forth, and that is how they add rear end comfort. I'd used the seat post myself when I tested the Grail way back in, oh God, when was it? 2018, I think, is when the Grail first launched, back when I was a young wee laddie. And... Um, I have to say, it is a very impressive, very clever design. And many years ago, there was actually a good test on Bike Radar where they compared um, uh, different types of compliance-adding seat posts, we'll call them, and unsurprisingly, the leaf spring. At that time, it was actually owned by Ergon, that design, but nonetheless, it came out on top. Just to briefly move away from the Grizzle, one thing I always recall with the Grail, and it's perhaps often forgotten, was one of the purported benefits of the hover bar was adding front end compliance kind of with the, the the very odd design of that bar it was claimed to add a, a certain degree of, of front end flex um and it's quite easy to forget that it was quite a clever design that i personally thought worked quite well though i would struggle to get over the aesthetics um did you miss 
having uh, not having the hover bar on when testing the Grizzle Matthew? Uh, I absolutely applauded Canyon at the time when they launched the Grail because the hover bar it was it was genuinely different and we're very used in the bike industry to things kind of looking like everything else. So like every new road race bike having dropped seat stays and cam tail tube profiles. And so when the Grail came out, it was pretty, pretty extreme. Uh, and I did ride the Grail and I did think that the bar did something. But the real drawbacks to it were that it really limited what you could do with the bike. So for starters, if you wanted to adjust the fit, Essentially, on a normal bike, you could simply change stems and that would take you five or ten minutes if you were quite slow with your Allen keys. Whereas on the Grail, it was a one-piece cockpit and so simply changing your stem length meant changing the entire cockpit, which is really complicated because of the, all the cabling and stuff and just essentially meant that fit adjustments were not feasible for most people, which is a pretty big drawback for a bike that is sold exclusively online. And secondary to that, you can't easily fit accessories to the uh, double-decker bar because it doesn't have like normal round bar sections. And so things like lights and bike computers and stuff. There, I mean, there is a, I think there's a Canyon proprietary mount for a bike computer that bolts to the bar. But in terms of any other third-party accessories, it's not straightforward. Um, it's not ideal for a lot of... Uh, bar bags for example which is very fashionable in the world of gravel obviously and i just think that yeah it's fun to be different but for most people a normal handlebar is just a hell of a lot more convenient it's really funny because at the time you know although one piece cockpits were absolutely a thing fully integrated cockpits you know did exist it was funny with the grail because it aesthetically was just so out there people really balked at the idea of it and it went nuts on site at the time and it was one of our biggest stories that year unsurprisingly because it just looked so unbelievably crazy um and actually i'm looking at photos of it right now it's kind of part of my notes and one thing that just occurred to me was if that bike launched now we'd all be questioning why on earth it didn't have fully uh integrated uh internally rooted cables it's really funny looking at it now with the cables flailing in the wind and this wild bar anyway I'm getting off track. I'm reminiscing about the good old days when we could go to Jollies in the south of France to test fancy new bikes. Um, in your review, Matthew, which I thought was excellent, I thoroughly enjoyed it, every single detail covered, including your 20-minute uh, incredibly detailed video, um, you said a really nice thing at the end, which was absolutely worth discussing, and that's kind of discussing what exactly makes a good gravel bike? Because as we've alluded to many times, gravel means lots of different things to lots of different people. And though you were very, very fond of this bike, you kind of caveated that. And uh, do you want to talk a bit more about that? Yeah. Um, the whole business of scoring and reviewing bikes is, is something that I agonize at, about a lot. I know you do too, Jack, because we've, we've reviewed a pretty huge diversity of bikes. So we've reviewed bikes that are very cheap and bikes that are very expensive. And what you need to do as a reviewer is kind of give people a really good sense of the bike. Obviously, what it's like to ride, you know, is it fun, which is, I think, the most important thing. And also give it context in terms of where it sits in the market. And I don't really like giving a bike five stars, which I did for the Canyon Grizzle, because 
it no matter what the design is there are always compromises inherent so you know a bike could always have a slightly better spec for the money it could always you know be a little bit lighter or something and five stars kind of implies that the bike is totally perfect when in fact there's obviously no such thing as totally perfect but in the case of the grizzle looking at what's on the market right now uh, and having experienced how the bike rides you know what the complete package offers and also the fact that it's a complete package that really doesn't need anything changing which is quite unusual so it's not even you know for most riders particularly in the uk you could buy that bike you wouldn't need to change the tires you wouldn't need to alter any single aspect of the bike you could just get on and have a really good time riding gravel and a bit of road as you tend to on a gravel bike and because it all comes together in that complete package i gave it five stars and i'm probably still going to lose sleep over this (laughs) but i genuinely think that nobody who goes into it wanting a versatile gravel bike could be disappointed by the grizzle because it's a genuinely excellent bike and it's Uh, in terms of value also now prices have shifted all over the place we've talked about this previously on the podcast and on bike radar um and and overall prices in the bike industry have gone up a lot but despite all that it is still quite good value the um the spec that i tested was was almost three thousand pounds that's uh the grizzle cf sl8 one by typically catch your name from canyon there Yes, indeed. Uh, although very logical, Canyon's bike names, every part of the name is telling you a piece of information about that bike. So I cannot fault the logic of them. Uh, but you can get the Grizzle from £2,200 uh, with Shimano GRX RX400, which is the 10-speed stuff. And that's still going to be an excellent bike. And so, yeah, taking all of that into consideration, great bike. Really great bike. <laughs> You really kind of hit it on the head there. And it's something I I use quite often to sign off reviews, but really it is about expectations. And if if your expectation is to do lots and lots of different things and use that as your kind of one and only bike, like you say, the Grizzle is not going to leave you disappointed. And that's something I think is really important to understand because you said that, you know, if you were to... Again, it's like, how do you say what is necessarily the best gravel bike? But something I think we, we both agree on, one of the most impressive gravel bikes we've ridden is the Diverge. You tested it when you rode the Eckar, Eckar Magnolo, Eckar group set, and I tested the bike kind of standalone. And it is a truly, truly wonderful bike, but, you know, it's maybe not necessarily the best one for absolutely all circumstances. So hard being us, isn't it, Matthew? And also, I mean, making the comparison to the Diverge, which I loved. I Like you say, I rode the top spec frame set fitted out with Campagnolo Eckar and some very expensive wheels, like really nice bike, but also astronomically more expensive than the Grizzle here. And so it would be unfair to say that, you know, it would be bad if that weren't a better gravel bike. The Diverge is fundamentally very different because it has a front suspension system built into its headset, which is the Future Shock. Um, and so in that sense, it's almost hard to make a direct comparison to the Grizzle. Uh, and, you know, if I had unlimited money and we're buying a gravel bike, I would probably buy a Diverge myself. But within the context of the market and, you know, the prices that are being charged, the Canyon absolutely murders the Diverge <laughs> on value, just completely slays it because, it, you know, the... The one I tested, like I said, was almost three thousand pounds. That's a really well-spec bike. 
you could, even the very very top model with um, carbon wheels uh, GRX Di2 is five grand, uh, which is way less than a top spec Diverge and has a spec that really just couldn't leave you wanting. I can't imagine wanting any more than that. It would be unreasonable to demand more than that. I, you know, if I had unlimited money, Matthew, I would of course build a artisan uh, fixed gear flat bar gravel bike because that would simply garner me more Instagram followers. And at the end of the day, that's what matters most to me. Actually, I was going to ask you, have you ever given a bike five stars? I don't think I've given a bike five stars. The only five star review I can recall off the top of my head was the Ultegra R8000 group set review when that first launched. And really that kind of doesn't really need any justifying now. It's a truly, truly great bit of kit. But no, I don't think I have given a bike five stars. I think the closest I probably came was the Focus Atlas, um, which much like the Canyon, I would say it's, it's more... It's even more versatile than the, the Grizzle. It's more of like a... Ooh, here's one for you, Matthew. It's touring adjacent, perhaps. <laughs> very good. You know, it's a very burly gravel bike with loads of mounts and an alloy frame set um, in this case. And it's astonishingly good fun to ride and very, very good value. But boost spacing kind of wound me up. So that knocked off at least half a star. Whereas with the Canyon, there is no... F- funky standards with the exception of the one and a quarter inch um steerer tube on the fork so yeah no i, I don't think i have given a bike five stars i'm gonna go look I through think, my portfolio and find out yeah i was i was thinking back i think i i know i gave a bike very early on in my tenure when perhaps my scale wasn't as well calibrated five stars but uh, later on i'm pretty sure i gave five stars to what would have been a specialized tarmac sl5 um because about i guess this was maybe five years ago or so you could get the top spec frame set with a full durace mechanical group set and carbon wheels and it was five and a half grand or something which in today's pricing looks like very very good value and it was just the most sublimely lovely race bike i have ever ridden but yeah very few bikes get five stars um, coming back to the Focus Atlas, actually, is an interesting comparison because on paper they are quite similar bikes in some ways, the Grizzle and the Atlas. Uh, but of course, the Atlas is aluminium. But we should note that there is going to be an aluminium Grizzle supposed to come out in September, although who knows if that will actually happen. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they compare because in terms of price and spec, I expect they'll be very much head-to-head. But on paper, at least, the Atlas is quite a heavy bike. Very heavy, yeah. Maybe going to count against it because the one you tested was almost what, almost eleven kilos? Is that right? Oh yeah, very very heavy. Uh, Most of that, I think. I mean, I I didn't take the bike apart to find out, but I think a lot of that came from the fork, which is designed to take a great deal of luggage. The Grizzle is also designed to take bike packing luggage, but you could actually fit a traditional, um, like low rider pannier rack to the the Atlas, which invariably adds weight because it needs to be overbuilt to. kind of withstand that so yes a very heavy bike i would strongly encourage you to read matthew's review the bit in particular on scoring bikes i thought was a good insight into the inner workings of matthew loveridge's beautiful bike addled brain uh, and the the things that keep him up at night and gives a bit more context into what truly makes an excellent bike in the view of bikeradar.com do you have any closing remarks matthew uh just that if you are skeptical about fancy gravel bikes and think that this is just a fashion-led riding niche i do think you should actually try one because they are really versatile 
you can have a lot of fun. And Canyon talked about the thing of underbiking, which is essentially kind of pushing the limits of the sort of terrain that you might ride a bike like this on. And within reason, underbiking can be quite fun. I'm not suggesting that a bike like this is good for riding down proper mountain bike trails because it's not. I tried it. It's really scary. But just kind of teetering on the kind of gray area between gravel and mountain bikes with a drop bar bike can be loads of fun and then you can ride home on the road quite quickly what's not to love i'd actually back that by saying that as well if you want to get angry at gravel bikes i would point you towards bike radar's secret page view stats and search stats and i could confirm that it's the thing the public the general public are most interested in so it's not just us anyway Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave your comments on the article which associates this uh, podcast on bikerader.com. We love your feedback. And we do also actually have a survey going at the minute. You can find details for that on bikerader.com. We want your feedback on what you like and don't like about the podcast so we can make a better product for everyone overall. Enjoy the rest of your day, Matthew. Say hello to your wonderful dog for me and chat soon thanks Jack thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast if you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling check out bikeradar.com bye